Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 27th episode of Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Before we start the show, I'd like to ask you to do me the favor, great favor, of reviewing and following, recommending, sharing Stuff Explained on whatever podcast application you're using. So Apple Podcasts, for example, please leave a review, preferably five stars. Uh, that's, that's what I'm going for here. And just some comments. Also... Subscribe, share with friends, reach out on uh, Twitter and other social media accounts. So at Motley Experience, that's M-O-T-L-E-Y-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can find The Motley Experience on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, themotleyexperience.com. When on social media, please use the hashtag stuff explained and talk about this in previous episodes. Would really like to get a community created out of this to hear your experiences as it relates to whatever episode topic it is, as well as just your general feedback on the episode. Uh, So last week we did one on coronavirus. We're doing a shift now. It is February. So that means that Valentine's Day is approaching. Um, And I'd like to take some time this week to do an episode Valentine's Day related on love. So this episode of Stuff Explained will be on the topic of love. Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marusis, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. So as mentioned in the beginning of this episode... We will be discussing love. This is, in fact, a big idea episode of Stuff Explained, and the topic of love could probably easily be discussed for hours and hours. I'm not looking to do that. Looking to keep this short and sweet, give you some food for thought, and so we're going to cover a few different types of love, uh, the giving and receiving of love, and uh, just some other notes that I've come across, my own personal experience, as well as through my uh, self-taught education over the last couple of months, over the last year or so. So let's get into it. So to begin this topic of love, I'd like to go back to the ancient Greeks who had four main words, four different types of love. Uh, So the first one is called agapi, and that's a universal love. So the type of love that you have for everyone and anything, the type of love you might have for a pet or just for nature, that appreciation, that kind of love. And it's I like to think of it as the undercurrent of love that we have uh, for those in our lives, whether it's acquaintances or dear friends and, and family. So that's agapi, kind of universal love. Next, we have philia, which is deep friendship. So think of your absolute best friend. If you're very close to your parents or siblings, 
um, it's not the familial love. That's actually storgi, and that's the next kind. Filia is just that friendship, that bonding part of it. So your best friend, um, even your significant other, if you have that kind of close bond, which hopefully you do, that is called filia. That is just friendship. Uh, there's no erotic nature to it. It's just that bond, that um, trust in each other, and that's filia. And so, as I mentioned before, the third is um, storgi, and storgi is familial love, and that's the kind of love you have for your family, and whether it's your family that you were born into or family that you choose. Uh, I think this kind of resembles filia a little bit, but storgi goes a little bit deeper um, because, again, this is the family that you were born with or that you chose, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a common theme throughout humanity that family is always first, and it's that bond, loyalty, of uh, and connection to people that are more than friends. Again, there's no erotic aspect of this at all. It's just that deep love for your family. And then speaking of the erotic nature of love, that brings us to the fourth one, which is called eros, which is that sexual passion that um, think of the honeymoon phase when you first fall for someone, when you first start talking with someone, excuse me, that is eros, sexual passion. It's exciting, but also dangerous. And it's something that um, think of it now when we talk about falling madly in love, that madly in love part is when you're just completely captivated and enraptured by this other person. Um, so those are the four different types of love. Again, eros is sexual passion. Philia is deep friendship. Agapi is universal love. And storgi is familial love. Psst. Hey. Hey, you. Yeah. You over there listening to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. So if you're already listening to Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience, why not take that next step and head on over to themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect. Then all you got to do is enter your email address and you instantly become a part of the Motley Experience community. By doing this, you'll get the weekly insider newsletter that gives you all the latest and greatest from the Motley Experience, including updates from your favorite podcast, Stuff Explained. Again, themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect. There's absolutely nothing like having custom-made quality music for whatever your project might be. So if you're in the market for custom-made music, look no further than Retcon Industries. They provide tailor-made music for all sorts, whether it's professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers and so much more they can do it for you so for more information go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend greg at retcongreg at gmail.com retcon industries can also be found on facebook and on instagram at retcon industries that's r-e-t-c-o-n industries Now that we have a grasp of the different kinds of love, because again, 
just for simplicity's sake, I'd like to use that template for the rest of this conversation. Um, you know, just for, again, the sake of this conversation, let's say that those are the four definitive types of love out there, the four pillars of love. Uh, so we get into the giving and receiving love part. So I want to be able to apply this whether it's uh, in a familial setting, whether it's to friendship, or whether it's with a romantic partner. So giving and receiving love can be different levels, and it can encompass any of the four or a combination of all four different types of love that we just discussed. So first, we have communication, because without communication, we ain't going nowhere. So we need to give and receive proper communication, and this is, this is tricky, um, this is usually the part that many, many people trip up on in my own personal experiences in uh, relationships and friendships and, and so on. It's always, um, communication is always a part of it, whether it's the whole part or not that varies, but it's always for sure a part of it. The key to communication, again, not trying to get too deep into this, but to give and receive uh, proper communication um, you really kind of need to step out of yourself, if that makes sense. You need to, for that moment, um, question your own thoughts and beliefs because none of us are right 100% of the time, not even close to it, and really just open up, try to break down those walls, that defensiveness, and just really try to listen and hear what the other person is trying to tell you. Be able to receive their communication and also keep in mind that they may not be great at communication and so if you know them well enough and you know they may not necessarily mean verbatim what they're saying but you kind of understand the general theme that they're trying to communicate to you but they're just not able to put it in the proper words, you need to be open and aware of that as much as possible. Now, of course, it takes two to communicate and so if you're on the giving end of communication, it is your duty to be as crystal clear as possible because words have so much power. Always try to mean what you say. It can be difficult uh, sometimes, whether it's a coping mechanism or perhaps just, just lack of experience and um, knowledge, um, whether it's literal gap in the ability to speak a particular language or you just don't know how to communicate certain thoughts and emotions and feelings. Uh, and again, that can go back to childhood. Maybe you weren't really allowed to express yourself and that kind of translates later on in life. Uh, regardless, going back to the giving of communication, it is your duty to communicate as clearly as possible what you're trying to say and also in a way that doesn't come across as attacking someone. Even if your friend, family member, significant other did something that hurt you, communicating in an attacking, aggressive manner will make it much more difficult for them not to become defensive. So the key in the giving and receiving of communication is to try to create as much of a safe space as possible where um, you're essentially allowing each other to do the best that each one of you can in saying and listening to what's going on inside of you. And that's very difficult. And again, it takes two. And in a relationship, in a romantic relationship, the ideal situation is both of you are on the same page in terms of trying to create that safe space. If not, you know, it's something to consider one communicating about. And if it's doesn't work, then you know, you might have to rethink the relationship. Uh, but when it comes to family and friends, family especially, uh, where you not necessarily are able to just get up and leave, um, 
do your best to hold that space. Do your best because that's all you can really control. Um, but you know, sometimes with when it comes to that kind of communication, all you can really do is listen and understand and say what is going on in a mo- the most neutral, I suppose, way possible. Because um, you want to respect your own boundaries, and we're, we're going to get to boundaries next. Uh, but again, you don't want to attack the other person, especially if they're not that great at communicating because their defense, their walls are, just won't come down. So that's where we get to healthy boundaries. So we, we just talked about communication. Do your best is what this comes down to. Uh, and communication can be part of healthy boundaries and healthy boundaries encompasses a lot more than that. But when you're giving and receiving love, you need to have those healthy boundaries in place. Otherwise it becomes, uh, or there's a risk anyway of it becoming codependent, of it becoming abusive. Uh, A series of things can sort of get out of control if you don't instill those healthy boundaries early on and reinforce them as a relationship goes. And it's never too late to um, bring up healthy boundaries if you've decided you want a new one and speak about that with your partner or with your friend or your family member. And if it doesn't work, if you're able to leave, eventually, for better or for worse, that might be the the option for you. Um, or just continue as best as you can to respect yourself and your boundaries. And in any type of relationship, you want to be aware of and respectful of the relation of the boundaries of another. So for all of these, it's it's a give and take where. You're doing the best to set up a healthy situation for yourself while also understanding that the other person can and should be doing the same and you need to respect that of each other. Healthy boundaries can be a variety of things. It could be um, sort of what I consider the basics such as having a, a good foundation of trust, of honesty, of openness, being able to create safe spaces, non-judgmental spaces for each other. Those are, for me, sort of the core aspects of creating healthy boundaries. Uh, where, if you know, for a quick example, if someone calls you stupid or something like that, you tell them that, hey, you know, I understand that you're angry or, or upset about this, but there's no need to call me names. Again, that's just a quick example off the top of my head of just enforcing those healthy boundaries. And the boundary conversation can be its own whole topic. So I'll leave it at that. If you have any questions, reach out. Uh, But again, pretty straightforward. Next, we have working together because none of this will work without working together. And as I mentioned in the communication part of this and the healthy boundaries part of this, it takes two to tango. Working together is key in any type of relationship. Obviously, the most obvious, obviously the most obvious, that's great, um, is in a romantic relationship where if you're doing your best, if you're you know, bringing 100% of yourself in and you're trying to make the relationship work, but the other person can't, won't, whatever the situation might be, the relationship itself will never be successful. You can be the best, most angelic person in the world, but if the person you are with is not capable of meeting you there, um, there's, it's a recipe for unhappiness and even disaster in the long term. But it's also applicable in friendships. If you have ever been in a really good friendship with someone, you know, there's good times and bad times, just like in romantic relationships. So this is applicable to Philia, Agapi, and Storgi, uh, and Eros, uh, across all different types of, of uh, love and relationships. So when we are working together, 
it's uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. We might not necessarily have to spend too much time on this topic. It's really just trying to bring the best out of each other, supporting each other, and you need that communication in order to work together. You need those healthy boundaries in place in order to work together effectively. So all of this is linked. It's a circle. You can't really have one without the other in any type of relationship. And the communication is the absolute biggest part of all of this because you can't have and enforce healthy boundaries without communication. You can't work together without that healthy communication. You cannot give and receive love in a healthy way without open, clear, transparent, healthy communication. That will enable you to work together on building the relationship to be more. You're, you're more together um, than you are separate. Uh, the sum of the whole is greater than that of the parts or something like that. Uh, but again, that's applicable to any type of relationship you have. Even in a work situation, you need to work together. And to do that, you need to be able to communicate and have boundaries in place. So as I've mentioned, this is all linked. And finally, in order to be able to do all of those three, in order to be able to communicate to have healthy boundaries and ultimately work together, you need to have done some healing uh, within yourself first. And this is this can be very difficult, um, but it's absolutely key to not only to relationships, to love, but just to life in general. And we've mentioned healing and wellness in other episodes of this podcast, but Healing yourself is huge because without properly healing yourself, if you are suffering from trauma, if there are certain parts that you're not aware of or that you're uh, repressing, you're not going to be able to communicate properly. You're not going to be able to create and share and enforce those healthy boundaries. You're not going to be able to respect that in another person. I had a podcast a few episodes ago on um, self-talk. If you haven't done the right healing work and this is if this is an issue for you and you have negative self-talk and you know you're very hard on yourself and you beat yourself up a lot you're setting a very low threshold for what healthy communication is and so naturally without you even realizing it because in your mind anything better than what you're saying to yourself is good you are likely to be communicating in a way that hurts other people um and it might not be anything sinister, you're not doing it on purpose, but if you're in an environment, whether it's in your head or you grew up in one where name calling and putting down is the norm, you're naturally going to carry that over into any relationship you're a part of, regardless of whether it's romantic, whether it's just friendship, family, even in the office space. So that's an example, a great example of how healing yourself is super important to be able to realize that. And I'm not going to get into the how-to because that's another whole topic. And I've touched upon it throughout a few different episodes. But doing that work is crucial, absolutely crucial to be able to, without doing that, doing that healing work, you will not be able to open yourself up fully, be transparent, be vulnerable. That vulnerability in any kind of relationship is what eventually brings people super close together, whether it's romantic or not. Think about your best friend. Some of the things that have bonded you and your family as well most likely have happened during times of great vulnerability. But to be able to do that, you need to be comfortable in opening up in that way, which a lot of people aren't 
And that's because of past experiences, society, you know, what we're taught, different pressures, things of that nature. And uh, sort of doing that work, knowing yourself, getting comfortable in yourself will really help you fulfill those needs of communication, healthy boundaries, and being able to work together to get all of that uh, gelling, to get all of it going for you. So healing yourself is, is key. It's underlying of all of this. So, And sometimes to heal, uh, we have to be alone to do that. Um, now, if you're in a relationship and it's something that both partners are really looking to work on it's something that you've agreed to whether you're going to couples therapy or whether you're just you know on your own whether it's a friendship or whatnot you've both agreed listen this can be better we don't want whatever connection this is to go away so let's work on it if you're in that kind of situation um healing can still be done but there's still a bunch of that healing work that needs to be done solo that doesn't mean you need to break up go on breaks stop talking to them anything like that it just means you need time by yourself, whether it's meditation or just walks or therapy or whatnot, where it's just you and you're basically figuring out your own stuff, just trying to untangle whatever web of insecurities and issues, um, commitment issues, whatever it might be that you have. There's work that you can do together, but there's a lot of work that you need to do on your own. Um, there's a saying out there um, that you know no one will love you unless you love yourself, or you won't be able to love unless you love yourself first, and those are all very, very true. And so you need to be able to get that self-love in place. And you might roll your eyes and think this is some new age BS. But in my experience, it has been absolutely the truth. Looking back and even now, a lot of the issues I have with regards to communication and relations of varying degrees, again, across all four types of love, come from that, you know, that lack of self-worth and self-love that it, my personal journey is looking into those, digging into those and, and rooting out the core issues and through affirmations and different activities and, and work, trying to build up my relationship with myself, really. And uh, that's absolutely key, having that a healthy relationship with, your, with yourself because um, you're the one you're around the longest, if that makes sense. Um, you know, other people might come and go, but you're with yourself 24-7 every single day of every year that, that you're alive. So if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, that is going to bleed into everything else. And it doesn't help. And this is the final point that I want to hit on. Uh, we've kind of grown up the past few generations with this idea of what love is supposed to look like. And Hollywood has a big role in that because of, you know, mainstream media and movies and, and TV, but even books as well, these uh, romances and sort of a hyper-sensualized, idealized look of what love is supposed to be. Um, you hear terminology like finding your other half, uh, you complete me, soulmates, and people think that they'll just come across someone and it'll just be an automatic fit. And everything will just work and gel and, you know, they'll somehow be able to read your mind and they'll just know you and it'll be this um, great, bright romance that somehow lasts and survives for the rest of your lives. And, you know, you find that one person, that's it, you're done. Now, never say never. Um, I'm sure there's many people who have found some variation of that, but if we're going to be real, that doesn't really, that doesn't exist. 
It's not true. It is Hollywood magic at its best and worst, depending on how seriously you take it and how much you relate to it. So if you grew up sort of seeing that as, oh man, that's what love is supposed to look like, it can really screw you up in terms of how you view um, the people around you, the friendships around you, the the romances that you're involved in. It can really affect that. So it's important to know that. Again, not going to get too deep into this, but relationships take work. Whether Whatever your personal beliefs on soulmates are, um, you know, you're free to, to have them. Personally, I think in a world where we have like 7 billion people, I think it's a, it's a little strange to think that out of all those people, there's only one that we're going to come across that will be our soulmate and will complete us and all that that other um, propaganda, if you will. Uh, I think it's a lot more, again, if, you, if you're able to love yourself, um, there's a level of completeness you can achieve. I will say, though, I do think that some of these uh, self-love gurus kind of go too much on the other side because as humans, we are built to need human connection. We are literally built to need that sort of human connection. So to say that you know you can complete yourself, I think is true to a certain extent. But at some point, we do need that sort of love, whether it's friendship, whether it's familial, um, romantic. We do need all of those to different degrees for a complete and healthy life. So just be wary of any extreme that's being preached. I, I think that it leans a bit more towards uh, what the self-love, self-help gurus are saying as opposed to what sort of this mainstream society view over the last couple decades, generations has been. Um, with that being said, ooh, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, but I thought I had a pretty good, pretty good run there, so I'm not going to edit this out. Anyways, so I'm actually just probably going to close it there. So we had those, to sum it up, four different types of love. We have eros, which is that sexual passion love. That's exciting, uh, but that's also a bit dangerous because we lose ourselves a little bit. Then we have philia, which is that deep friendship, deep bond. We have agapi, which is sort of a universal love. And then we have storgi, which is a familial love. In my world, I think ideally, if we're talking about romantic partners and a significant other, you would want a combination of all four of those because that person becomes many different faces of love to you, which can be a bit scary, but I also think there's something truly beautiful about that. And when it comes to giving and receiving love, in my opinion, the keys are communication, having healthy boundaries, being able to work together, which requires communication, healthy boundaries, and all of that requires a good deal of healing work on yourself. And we're never going to get perfect. I, I do want to note that we're never going to be, um, I never say never, but waiting to be 100%, and I'm doing air quotes right now, healed, means that you will avoid relationships, which might also be a coping mechanism that's kind of insidiously lurking beneath the surface that you're not aware of. So... It's never ending. Life is a journey. There's always stuff we're going to uncover and, and find and little tricks, mind games that we're playing on ourselves. Um, but do as much healing work as you can. Try to be kind to yourself so that you can be kind to others. I think that's what it comes down to. You've heard the phrase hurt people hurt people. If you do your best to no longer be hurt or be hurting, then you will go a long way in not 
projecting and transferring that to anyone else. Um, and then finally, um, just if you need to be alone, do it. Self-love is super important, as I mentioned, with the healing yourself. And try not to buy into to what Hollywood and mainstream media is selling us. It's great. It sounds great. Um, it's beautiful. And real-life romances can have a lot of aspects of that because, you know, it's, it is based in some truth. Uh, but don't be put off if it's not sustainable long-term. You know, you go through ebbs and flows. There are times when you'll absolutely love and be infatuated with each other and other times where... You know, you just kind of want space and the honeymoon phase leaves a bit. But if you're both willing to make it work, again, I'm speaking more specifically to romantic situations right now. If both people are locked in and willing to make it work to build something greater than just the two of you individually, uh, then, then you know, you could have a, a lifetime uh, with this one person. And even if that doesn't happen, you know, love is, is not uh, finite. You know, um, you can love multiple people, um, hopefully not at the at the same time, uh, but love is is there. We go back back to agape. There's a universal love that we can all tap into, and so I think that's a nice, pleasant note to end things on. So thanks for tuning in. Um, we are going to have Valentine's Day this weekend, so. If you have plans, hope you have a wonderful time. And if you don't, that's okay. It's a made-up holiday. So don't worry about it. Um, you know, maybe have a nice self-care day. Order in some food or cook something healthy for yourself. Watch your favorite movie. Go to the gym. Do something nice. Take yourself out on a date. And everything will be all right. All right? And uh, in that spirit, talk to you next week. Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marusas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themontleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience, and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening.